Thank you for listening to the podcast for Burlingame United Methodist Church, located in Burlingame, California. Each week, we will share a sermon by Reverend Ann Duncan. Thank you for joining us on our journey through the Bible. Last week in our journey through the Bible, we heard the story of Joshua and the Battle of Jericho. Joshua trusted in God. The walls of Jericho came tumbling down and the Israelites moved into the promised land. Today we move from the conquest of Joshua to the next book in the Bible, the book of Judges. Judges is the seventh book in the Old Testament. The events in Judges took place between 1200 and 1000 BC in what is known as the Iron Age. The country of Israel was not yet formed or unified. During the Iron Age, people lived in small villages with several extended families. The families formed and had small flocks of animals. They spent time making pottery and simple tools. History tells us that the villages would interact with other villages to arrange marriages, settle personal disputes, and defend themselves from outside threats. It is in this setting that we encounter the people in the book of Judges. The book is named after the judges who oversaw the villages. These judges arbitrated disputes, prophesied to God's will for the community, and helped fight outside oppressors. We know of 15 judges through their stories in this book. The judges were thought to be divinely inspired leaders whose knowledge of God allowed them to act as champions for the people. The stories in the book are exciting and colorful, and if honest, often very disturbing. Some scholars call Judges the, quote, book of death. In these chapters, we read of political intrigue and assassination, lies and deception, murder and suicide, courage and fear, great faith and idolatry, power and greed, love and death, military victories, and civil war. These stories are part of a major transition in the story of Israel. Until this point, there was strong leadership from certain individuals, in particular Moses and Joshua. After the period of Judges, the country will unite under a monarchy with the famous kings Saul, David, and Solomon. But between Joshua and Saul, there's the time of Judges, which was a time of great turbulence. There's a pattern, a common pattern in this time of turbulence that repeats itself over and over again in each judgeship. There are five common parts to the pattern that the Hebrews find themselves in over and over again in the book of Judges. First, Israel turns from God. They do what is evil in the sight of God. Second, God judges the people by delivering them to their enemies. The people are conquered by their oppressors. Third, the people return to God. They cry out to God for deliverance. God sends a judge to rescue them. This deliverer defeats the oppressor. And finally, there is a period of peace. The people are faithful while the judge is alive and the land has rest. 
people do evil. Oppressors conquer them. The people cry out to God. God rescues them through a judge. The land and people have peace until the cycle begins again and the people do evil again. Throughout this cycle, one of the major themes of the book of Judges is God's sovereignty and the importance of being loyal to God and God's laws. The authority of the judges comes not through prominent dynasties or through elections or appointments, but rather the spirit of God is laid on each judge. As you read the book, you're reminded that God chooses the right person for the right job. That person may be an outsider to the community or may even be a woman. God works in unexpected ways and invites humans to participate and assist. By reading the book, we learn to trust that God will enact justice. And while we do not have the capacity to save ourselves, God will call forth leaders and fight on behalf of the weak and powerless against the forces of oppression. Today, I want us to look closely at one judge in particular, Deborah. Deborah's story is found in Judges chapters 4 and 5. Deborah was a judge in the modern sense of the word. She arbitrated legal cases and mediated disputes. She was also a judge who was a warrior and led the people into battle. I want to highlight Deborah because she is depicted as a strong, independent, and courageous woman. She is the only female judge. She is sometimes called the, quote, mother of Israel. There are 19 women mentioned in Judges, which is more than any other book in the Bible. And when your female pastor has the opportunity to highlight an intelligent, strong, and faithful female follower of God, well, then we're going to do it. But now, as a warning, the story stays true to the understanding that this is a book of death. And if anyone ever says the Bible is boring, simply point them to the story of Deborah. Now, a bit of background before I tell you her story. In Judges chapter 4, we read about Deborah in the form of prose. It is a narrative. In chapter 5, that narrative is retold as poetry. The poem of Deborah found in chapter 5 is thought to be the oldest written poem in the entire Bible. Scholars believe it was written 1,200 years before Christ when the events were actually occurring, as opposed to 600 BC when the rest of the book was printed from the oral tradition. Scholars give the poem this date based on the archaic grammar and syntax. Both the narrative and poem are full of praise for God. In the text, not only do Hebrew villagers fight, but God is also fighting. God fights through the forces of nature. God causes torrential rainstorms and flooding. And the text ends with God putting the sun in the sky. I invite you to hear a reimagined narrative of Deborah's story, told from her perspective. It is based on Judges chapters 4 and 5. So hear now the story of Deborah. For the most part, women in the Bible had a certain role in life. Women were wives and mothers and were revered for how they raised their children. Women who were remembered in the Bible were known for being the wife of a great man or the mother 
of a great man. In my case, the mold was broken. I lived a life that was very foreign to most women in my day. I lived before the time of kings when judges ruled the land. There were many judges and some of them accomplished great things. Others are barely remembered at all. All of the judges were men except me. I was the only woman. I was also a prophet. It was rare for women to be prophets, but I heard the Lord clearly speak to me. Normally, a woman would not be considered for the role of a judge. And yet I heard the voice of God and shared prophetic messages, and others took notice. Being a prophet helped me to know how to judge the people, and they were confident my counsel was from the Lord. I had a lot of credibility. I would sit under a palm tree, and the people of Israel would come to me with their problems, and I would settle their disputes. They would ask me questions, and I would tell them what to do. Most of the time, I was able to judge clearly using common sense to solve issues. When there were more important matters that were difficult to solve, I would pray to the Lord and listen for God's wisdom and direction. The day came when God spoke to me about something that was of a very serious nature. God wanted us to attack Israel's enemy. This had not happened before during my time as a judge, and I called my military leaders together to let them know God's message. They never had any reason to doubt me before, so they trusted my words, and they believed I was speaking for God. When the time came for us to go into battle, I called my commander Barak, and I told him that God had commanded us to march to Mount Tabor with 10,000 men. We were to march on the enemy because God had promised to give them into our hands. Barak said that he would do it only if I went with him. Go with him? I simply wanted to share the message. Women did not go into battle. It was strange enough that I was their judge, but now I was supposed to be their military champion? I guess I could have ordered him to go without me, but he was rather adamant. And really, I wasn't afraid. I was confident God was with us. I had the confidence that we would win because the Lord had revealed it to me. God had commanded it, so I knew we were doing the right thing. I quickly told Barak, however, that the honor of victory would not go to him, but it would be said throughout history that the Lord had delivered the enemy into the hands of a woman. The enemy was the Canaanites, led by a man named Sisera. He had 900 iron chariots riding against us. God led the enemy into our hands and we began to defeat them. And then surprisingly, Sisera jumped from his chariot and ran away on foot. We overpowered the entire army. Sisera was all alone. He was running from us and he ran to the tent of Heber. The man Heber was on peaceful terms with the king of Canaan, our enemy. So Sisera felt safe there. Heber's wife, Jael, saw him and told him to come inside the tent and she would hide him. She covered him with a rug and gave him some milk to drink. 
Sisera asked her to stand watch at the door of the tent while he slept as he was so exhausted. But what she did next was the act that would be remembered as the greatest moment in the entire battle. Jael took one of the tent pegs and a hammer and she drove the tent peg into his temple, killing Sisera immediately. Jael went out from the tent and saw Barak, the Israelite commander, passing nearby. She ran after him and told him that he must come with her to see the man that he was seeking. She took Barak into the tent, and there Barak saw Sisera lying dead with a peg through his head. Barak and I wrote a song together about the whole event. It was a song of victory and a song of praise to the Lord, the God of Israel. God delivered us from the hands of our enemies, and we had peace in the land for 40 years. I continued to have a successful reign as judge, and for the most part, it was not all that memorable or unusual. But I'll always be remembered for that battle against the Canaanites. And on that day, I rode into battle, and with the help of Barak and Jael and God, we defeated a mighty army. I am Deborah, Israel's female judge. Hear now these words from the poem found in Judges chapter 5, ascribed to Deborah and written 3,000 years ago. In the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, caravans ceased and travelers kept to the byways. The peasantry prospered in Israel. They grew fat on plunder because you arose, Deborah, arose as a mother in Israel. When new gods were chosen, then war was in the gates. Was shield or spear to be seen among 40,000 in Israel? My heart goes out to the commanders of Israel who offer themselves willingly among the people. Bless the Lord. Tell of it, you who ride on white donkeys, you who sit on rich carpets, and you who walk by the way. To the sound of musicians at the watering places, there they repeat the triumphs of the Lord, the triumphs of his peasantry in Israel. Then down to the gates march the people of the Lord. Awake, awake, Deborah. Awake, awake, utter a song. Arise, Barak, lead away your captives, O son of Abinoam. Then down march the remnant of the noble. The people of the Lord march down for him against the mighty. Let us give thanks today for these stories in our Bible. Let us give thanks that someone passed down orally and then recorded for us the story of Deborah, a woman who lived 3,000 years ago. Let us give thanks for the stories that recount the history of the people of God and their devout faith that caused them to trust fully in God. May we too trust God and give praise for God's goodness in our lives. May we, like them, listen for God's call, trust in God's will, and follow God's ways. Thanks be to God. Amen.